welcome to the Just Okay Podcast, a podcast about trying. I was just okay about your week. Recovery from Thanksgiving <laughs> is what I'm going to call Just Okay this week. Really Thanksgiving 2.0. What do you mean 2.0? Well, you had to recover from Sunday, not really from yeah, Thanksgiving but I, I, proper. I am considering the entire week, Wednesday to Sunday, as Thanksgiving and the recovery has been it's just been just okay like it hasn't been like terrible but i also had like a lot of brain fog not a lot of creativity which makes it hard in my field as a professional right, podcaster right. and like, writer right I, I mean i that's my that's my money maker <laughs> is my creativity and not having that creativity it's, i mean it's been a little bit it's been just okay oh. what about you what was just okay about your week uh, you got a preview of this answer last night because I remembered what was just okay about my week last night when we were at dinner. Uh, it was the drink you made me on Friday. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it was very strong, which was more than just okay, but the taste <laughs> was just okay. So what's interesting is that when you have something just okay during your week that involves me, <laughs> it's definitely less than just okay for me. Oh, like it's yeah. sad no, that I, I made you a drink I'm that sorry. wasn't. That wasn't up to par. Yeah. No, that's fair. Oh, can people see our Yeah, so I did want to mention our sponsor this week. <laughs> um, this week we're sponsored by List Technology. Oh. And I want to read their copy that they sent to oh, us. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh. Official, give, official copy. I like right. this. Um, I wasn't expecting this. So this is what their copy says. Okay. okay? It's, it's them. Bringing peace and purpose through standard office supplies since 2018. All right. That's their that's sort of their tagline. That's their bit. All right. Because really, when you when you purchase, well, so because I have such a good relationship with List, List Technology, they came out and actually installed. Um, it's their kind of a new product. They're they're testing it. It's called the Beautiful Mind. And if you can, we can see behind us here. You can see what they've done here. It's like an entire wall of the product, which um, oddly enough. Looks a lot just like paper, like just, written on by Sharpie. And like just taped to the wall. Yeah. Well, okay. So there is some tape involved too. I right, right, about that right. part. That's, that's, prob- that's sort of like the special, the special sauce that they bring. The other thing, you would, you'd be surprised. But <laughs> Partial thing- sponsor by, is it, is it 3M tape that we have? I'm sure it's 3M scotch. <laughs> scotch. Sorry. Um, Although I think 3M is a, a product of scotch. 3M is more like technology, I think, that, huh. that they sell to other um, other people like scotch. Interesting. Okay. Um, but the other thing they provide is music when they come to do the install, like they, they oh, do like a whole yeah, thing. Yeah. It's like, an, it's, an, it's an integrative experience. Right. It is. So what they provided yesterday was a song by future, uh, where the lyrics are Molly Percocet, Molly Percocet. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, it really has some deep meaning. Anyway, so that's enough about our sponsor. How um, many, how many people think that you're serious right now? No, no people. Zero people think you're I serious. I mean, I, I am serious, so I hope some um, people will take me for seriously. For the viewing, you, you need to be on Instagram Live for that. Yeah, yeah. That so, viewing. yeah. And actually, I think I will probably post a picture of the, it's, I mean, um, it's good. the product that they provide. I am a fan. Yeah. It almost seems like they used like a ruler to make sure that the separation between papers is... Well, I didn't see the entire install process, but it seemed like like a real... Pretty precise, yeah. Yeah. Very official installation. 
right. package. I hope you did not have to pay. Well, I guess you didn't have to pay no, anything because no, we are sponsored. Yeah. Like, we're it's sponsored sort of a mutual relationship. Right. They sponsor us. We, you know, we talk read their about copies. It. Right. And, I mean, it's, it's Give a great product. shout outs on the pod. Right. I, I mean, I really like the product. I do too. I like it. Um, I don't know how they could have done a better job I, with I, less technology. I don't think they could have. I think this is sort of the... Uh, the pinnacle of list technology. I like that. I don't know how many people have uh, seen your hand, seen your handwriting, but it is interesting to me that you either write so small that I sometimes cannot read what you've written, or you write huge. Like where there's I, no huge. All of those papers over there are just like you wrote so large, which is not a bad thing. This is not a criticism in any way. It just makes me laugh. So that, I don't have a normal size Sharpie. Because I always write too big. Like that's why I have, that's why my journaling book is a sketchbook. Because I can't have notebooks with lines in them because I, my handwriting is too large. And you also feel sort of enclosed by it. It's more of a metaphor for your life. I actually, other people think that that makes sense about me. Right. I don't actually identify that way. Um. My therapist thought that made a lot of sense when she found out that I use a sketch pad for a journal, but I don't actually feel like that fits. Like that doesn't, that doesn't speak to me, um, well, but it's other hard, people it's do. It's hard to write small with this, with this big Sharpie. So, right. and also like, I want to be able to see it. Um, I mean, this is all right. I decisions mean, so, made by list technology, not me. It's true. I was I mean, writing. They just took your information and, right. and I was, put it onto their product. I was writing in my sort of normal notebook at work the other day when someone came in, and they like I was at a conference room table, so they could see like my notebook, and they're like, "You write so small." You do. And I was like, "I do." And to be honest, I can't always read it when I go back. You write me a couple of letters, like regularly on my birthday and on mother's day. And there are always at least three or four words that I can't read. And I have to figure out by context what it says. They probably have G's in them. I don't, I mean, I can't think of them off the top of my right. head. I struggle with G's. <laughs> Cause a, I changed the way I write my G specific. at some point in my life. Like I went from the like, the loop and in you did that as a kid right is that like a norm, pretty normal kid thing to do to like to change the way you write um letters? i don't think i mean a kid like i was a late teenager i think oh, I, was probably... I, th I was still i can remember changing there was like a at least an entire quarter of anatomy and physiology in my senior year of high school where i wrote everything at like a very hard slant Maybe it was late high school, and I realized how my dad wrote. He writes you in all write caps. just like him. Right. He, and then so, like, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. I don't have to write in cursive for any, like, there's no reason. No. So let me just write in uppercase print it's really all the time. It's really funny that that's what you do. It's the most clear. I have bad handwriting. <laughs> it's the most clear. Yet I can't no, no, read I understand. it sometimes. Can you imagine if I wrote a different way, though? I mean, I can't imagine. Right, but if you, if... If I was because I've literally way, never you, seen you write it. It would be even worse. If, Maybe if it I would be. I don't know. Yeah, well. You're not going to try now. No, I mean, this is it. I've, I've got my handwriting. I have mine too. I don't think I've changed anything in a while. I still was like messing around with how I did my signature up until maybe two years ago. And now I've pretty well settled on, on how I write my name. But I don't know. Handwriting A's get changed a lot. I've changed my A's quite a few times. Can't think of any other letter. There's not really any other letter that you can really change. 
What are you doing over there? I'm just looking something up for later. No. Uh, All right. Yeah, so the drink was just okay. Sorry, that is, that, that, yeah. It's Mm. unfair of me, maybe. Eh, Whatever. What was better than just okay? Because now that's becoming like my favorite thing is that when I try to think about what's just, what is just okay, I think of all the things that were better. My meditation this week has been awesome. Oh, that's good. When I say this week, I mean yesterday and today. My meditation practice, meaning my regularity has been just okay. Like I did meditate this week, but I was not, it wasn't every day. So the frequency with which I meditated was just okay this week. But what was better than just okay? Uh, dinner last night at Bottle Stop. Yes. Bottle Stop is the shit. It's the best. It's the best. It's my favorite place on earth. Um, we went with our friends Josh and Sarah. Josh trying real hard to be a guest on the podcast at some point. Um, well, we've narrowed down some topics last night. So we did we narrow down. We did we narrow down some topics. Um, I've known Josh since seventh grade, so there's a vast history with which to pull from and he is nothing if not entertaining right so it's a good time yeah it was good it was fun that we went out with them and bottle stops the best it is yeah did we have homework yes but we're not talking about that until the oh, end of right. the podcast Sorry. how dare you this is my first one right so thanks um, for inviting me onto your podcast it's great to be the first time guest i'm so glad to have you here i'm so glad you made time oh shelly so let's talk. Seriously, she wants a shout out. If she has listened, if she had listened to every episode of the podcast, she would realize she gets shout outs right all the time. So I feel no, I feel no nothing for her. All right, let's get into ideas. Ideas. All right, let's do it. I don't. I didn't have any. Do you have any ideas this week? I thought again about. Um, I actually. <laughs> Earlier, I was thinking about what ideas I was going to share, and I realized I had one that I didn't want to share because I think it's quickly going to become something that I'm going to have to act on because it's going to come up a lot, and I don't want that to happen. Affirmation cards? No. Okay. Just saying. (laughs) I'm working on, like, that's already, like... That's in process. I mean, in that I'm... It's happening. I'm writing down ideas, um... Like, I'm writing down affirmations. Right, right. That's what I will say. Ideas. Yeah, that's, that gets confusing. I'm writing down affirmations as they come to me, I'm not forcing it. Yeah, just let the universe tell you. Right. Um, but the other idea is uh, going back to school. Ooh. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it other than that it's an idea that I had. Okay. Um, I have some ideas. Okay. Um. One of the things when we were having a conversation the other day was I was thinking about two times in my life. Well, it started, and I didn't tell you this one, Ooh, but I started. I new info. I started God. thinking about when I went to Southern Utah University, go T Birds. That's right. Um, and how I was in the choir. Oh yeah. I was in like the legit college choir. That is really funny. But what I want to do is tell like I'm, I want to work through the story like I think it's a, a funny story because I'm me yeah and I'm not a singer or a performer n- none of those things but it's funny that I ended up in the choir but then that led me to think about all the times in my life that I've sort of forgotten about like we were talking about high school in Arizona 
Oh, yeah. And how, like, I worked all the time. I couldn't remember, like, what I was doing there. I, I graduated a semester early, and I was, work- I was working all the time. And I just don't remember that time in my life as, as having worked. But my idea is to share more stories or write more stories, of, like, for me to kind of recycle through some of that information. Funny. Because um, there's just times I just completely yeah. blank on. Oh no! I, like I, I didn't really, I didn't remember that. Like until I thought about this week, that I grinded it out. Like as a junior and senior in high school, at jobs. I know retail jobs. I yeah. forget that. That is not yeah. Um. Some of my other ideas were. Oh, it's not really an idea, but sort of homework related but it wasn't my homework i wrote a i mean we're not talking about homework right now so <laughs> i wrote a narrative about your hey shelly i see you <laughs> um i wrote a narrative for your dream day but i only got through like five minutes of the dream day like in the morning like the morning sequence and i'd already written a page and a half and so i don't maybe i need to write dream day the book <laughs> <laughs> or i just need to speed it up a little but anyway, that was interesting. That not really an idea, but something I did this week. Yeah. And I think that's it for my ideas. Yeah, ideas were not not flowing for me this week. I'm I'm saying this because of Thanksgiving and sugar and drinking. Sure. For a week, I'll that, go with that. That really put a hamper on my creativity this week. Yeah. A hamper. Is that the correct way to say that a phrase? A d- yeah. Dampened. Because a hamper hindered. Yeah, I think you're combining some things. Because a I'm hamper... Good at, I'm good at combining things. Because, yeah, like that drink you made me on Friday was really good. <laughs> a mixologist. Uh, yeah, because a hamper is like a thing you put your laundry in. That is correct. So not, probably not having anything to do with dampening or hindering. It could if, like, your mind is in a hamper and, like, oh. can't open it. Oh, all the dirty clothes are around it. Yeah, that's... that's Shelly cool. says that she worked at a shoe store in high school. I also worked at a shoe store. Well, partially a shoe store. I worked at a sporting goods store, and there were shoes there, there and I worked sh- in a shoe department oh. sometimes. I didn't work at a shoe store. I worked at a did you party ever, did outlet. You work, oh, so you did work retail. That's the only retail job I ever had. It was the, the party... It was called the paper... The paper outlet? The paper store? The paper outlet, because it was in an outlet mall, like a strip outlet mall. And it was like party supplies. And it was not fun because that's not ever fun. Retail was, is not fun. Not no. Junior in high school at Christmas time because they sold tons of Christmas decorations. Like this time of year, I would work the three to nine shift. So I'd go straight from school and be there till nine. And it was awful. That's so long. It was so long. What time did they close? Eight or nine? Ah, I mean, that was like the closing shift. So they must have closed at like, maybe it was, I actually think it was like three to nine thirty. I think we closed at nine. And then you had 30 minutes. To and then I had 30 minutes to like do the end of the day stuff. But that was not great for me. Math is not great for me. So working a cash register. Oh, because people were still paying in cash in those days. It wasn't but your, all did your card. cash register tell you the change, though? Sure, but then I had to count it. Oh, fair enough. Like, I'm... By 25s, 10s, and 5s, and 1s. I mean... Yeah. I'm not saying I was terrible, but, like... <laughs> oh, it takes... It definitely... It takes some work. I worked at... Oh, I worked at uh, Great Harvest, also, oh. like, I, after high school That's and stuff. food service. No, but I was just trying to think, like, I knew I had had another time that I 
worked with a cash register and I couldn't remember when it was, but it was when I worked at Great Harvest. Jobs, man. I don't think I ever worked a cash register, even though I worked retail. I was just doing like the grinding work. Really? Yeah. Like oh. carts at Target. Sure. Uh, overnight shift at Target. I mean, I guess like the, the paper outlet. Helping yeah, that's what, customers. That's what it was the paper outlet. Wasn't that big? So like I couldn't have There not... wasn't like other work to do. No. Everybody did everything. My manager did not like me. It was a good time. Right. <laughs> High school jobs. <sighs> Topic? Topic. Topic. Ready, ready to get into it? Yes, I am. <laughs> Topic. Um, we're using my phone for Instagram Live, so I can't pull up the definition that I wanted to pull up. Could you? Where did you do that? Get it from? I just Googled brainwash definition. Okay, I would like for you to read it once I pull it up. I would like to read it. That's the topic for the day: is brainwashing, specifically brainwashing our children and what we want to brainwash them with. Okay, the actual definition. To, of brainwash is make someone adopt radically different beliefs by using systematic and often forcible pressure. Synonyms are indoctrinate, condition, persuade, influence, propagandize, and inculcate. So I looked up the definition because I don't, I discovered in researching this topic that I actually do not want to brainwash our children on any particular topic. What about the definition made you not want to do that? The forcible pressure, forcible pressure. Interesting. Um, now that doesn't mean that I don't want to be very clear with my children about certain things. I wrote down like strategic education or <laughs> essentially talking about things constantly. So subtle pressure, not forcible pressure. Well, here's the thing. I think the difference between the subtle pressure or the forcible pressure is that if I teach my children a lesson, a, a value that I have, something that means something to me that I care about, and they grow up and don't agree with me, that has zero bearing on how I feel about them, how I treat them what I want for them, okay. how much I love them. And that is why I felt like I wanted to make a distinction between what I want to do with teaching our children and sort of the playful way in which we're talking about brainwashing them. Because I did not feel that way growing up. If I did not adhere to X, Y, and Z, I feared, and in some cases those fears have been proven correct, that my parents would feel differently about me or treat me differently. So I don't want to do that to our kids. If you did not adhere to their brainwashing, well, we won't call it that. Well, we will call it that. If you did not adhere to what they were trying to teach you, then you would feel. There's fear there. Right. That's okay. the thing with brainwashing. It's, it is forcible and there's fear that if you go against it, that there are repercussions. And there may be rep repercussions if my children go against the things I teach them, but I don't want that to be in terms of whether or not I love them or how I treat them. Okay. I'll let you give your initial thoughts. And then I have like, cause I do have things that I do want to teach them 
the strategic education that I would like to impart to them. So instead of brainwashing, you want to have strategic education. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a. I, think I don't there's... know that that phrase is the way that I that is what I would settle on, but I was just spitballing it, okay. just trying I to think, think of something, I think some way that to that describe is a, it. I think that that is a good, like, alternative to the word brainwashing, especially when you're trying to describe what what you actually want to do. So for me, the first time I thought about this specifically in regards to my children was when I read Ta-Nehisi Coates' book, The Beautiful Struggle. Yeah, because his dad definitely strategically educated him in a certain way regarding um, people of color, like sort of like black leaders, um, movements, and and those kinds of philosophical. Did he call it brainwashing? And if he did not, what did he, how did he phrase it? it, He he called it like, I I can't remember, he called it like the knowledge. Hmm. Like if you read that book, which, you sh- one should because it gives you a really good view of how he grew up specifically in sort of inner city Baltimore and then kind of moving out away from the city. But the knowledge, so, so the reason you should read the book is because it's beautifully written. It's very sort of poetic. Sometimes people call it prose. I still don't know the difference between the things, but like, I feel like when people write normal books and it's poetic, it's called prose, right. maybe. Right. Anyway, right. the way he writes is very beautiful, but he he will use terminology like the knowledge or like uh, there, he has some other term too. But that's what he called what his dad was teaching him is sort of like this is the the way of our people, basically. Like mm-hmm. this was right. th- this is what you need to know, and this is important to know because this is the struggle. This is this is what your life should be about. Right. So I don't think he called it brainwashing. And I don't even know that he would necessarily, I mean, I don't know. I've listened to a couple things with him and read a couple articles by him. I don't think that he feels about it like in a forcible pressure kind of way. Also, you you come to find out like his dad was always doing this stuff, but his dad was never saying you have to do this thing. He was recommending things. It was always around. And so I feel like specifically in Tiny Easy Coat's uh, case, he sort of came onto it himself and started reading all the material. So that's interesting, right? Because the in this case... I feel like there's there are things that you can I guess I don't know brainwashing isn't really the the term even though still cuz I'm just thinking about from a his, historical standpoint. So right. like this isn't like going forward you need to believe in this or you need to act accordingly like you need to follow these rules or whatever. He he was indoctrinated on the history and I won't even say indoctrinated. So one of the reasons, so so two things. Number one, that's the first time I thought about it. And I was like, oh, I should be doing that for my kids. That was definitely done to me by my parents. Sure. Via the Mormon church. That was the methodology. That was the systematic yes. brainwashing. Um, and now that I don't have that and that's not being provided to my children, I wanted to provide something to them. Yes. So, so that's number one. Number two is if... We are not brown brainwashing or doing some sort of strategic education. I like that. I like that terminology. Then we, someone else is society, culture, yes, civilization is yes. teaching them a thing or a set of things and setting expectations, and all these things are getting done anyway. Right. So I think that's why I thought about it was 
I know that it's going to be done. They're going to pick up things. They're going to be quote unquote brainwashed because it is systematic. It well, is forcible. You live is, in this it environment. It is constant. Like constant was the other word right. I wrote down. Like that's that's when stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when stuff sinks in. That's when you stop forgetting things. Is so, when they're constant. And Tanahisi Coates' case, and I, and and sort of what I want to do is also sort of counteract that. Sure. So I don't know that it's brainwashing as much as maybe anti-brainwashing or giving a different viewpoint or something to the effect to battle against what they are going to get externally anyway. Right. So that is kind of where I, where I've been approaching it from and thinking about it. And obviously as I get into like the way that I do everything is I go through my history and kind of look and see kind of what happened to me, kind of work through my experience. And I don't think I'm going to talk about that today. Um, what, what kind of I wrote, um, what I went through and what I sort of realized maybe another time, but mine was done by society plus the Mormon church, which gives a more narrow view of what I think society teaches in general. And that's kind of where I came out. But right. now I'm in a situation where I need to at least counteract, if not proactively brainwash so my kids. So that was what I wrote down. Like when I started to think about the, the things that I do want to strategically educate my children and constantly educate my children about are the things that I don't feel that I was taught. Um, and the things that I don't feel that I was taught and the things that are important to me now. And those things are basically the same. Like that's all of the important societal and social issues that I was not taught about as a child have become the things that I, that are important to me. So at the very top of the list is intersectional feminism. Okay. Um, feminism in general was not, I mean, that was not talked about in my home until I was probably 28. I would have had a very negative picture feeling reaction to the word feminist or feminism and i feel very differently about that now very clearly and openly label myself as a feminist and so i started to think about what i think that means why i think it's important to teach all three of my children about that the sort of people I want them to look up to, the books I would like them to read, the things I want to have in the house, the conversations I want to have with them. Those things are all really important to me on this particular topic. Because if I can raise three feminists, I will be very happy. That was the thing, one of the things that stuck out to me when I read or when I watched that documentary that I talked about a few weeks ago, the feminism what were they thinking was that a couple of the younger women that were interviewed talked about the influence and the example that their mothers set for them as feminist activists. And although I would not call myself an activist, I feel very strongly because that was not something that I was raised with. And it's something that I believe in very, very deeply. So if you want are you go going ahead. to the next topic or are you staying no, on this one? No, this well, one. Well, I just, I just add before just, you yeah, continue ahead. on that on my list of things to brainwash our children in, I wrote personal power. Um, oh, you'll love this quote that I'm going to read then. <laughs> because, so I didn't write intersectional femini- uh, feminism, although I think that that is the movement that you can objectively see is teaching teaching personal power, dismantling the patriarchy, and 
um, doing away with toxic masculinity, whatever you want to call the thing. I, I think it all comes down to personal power, specifically for women, but also in the case of men, reconnecting to emotions, people, yeah. the earth, and those kinds of things. And I think intersectional uh, feminism kind of is the the best vehicle we have right now for moving that forward. And so I, so what I want to teach is personal power in, in in a lot of different ways. But I think that is the movement that that you can point them towards that will right. teach them to that they can be a part of that they can find support in. Well, and in my in in my cons in my constant reading and learning, uh, the thing I go back to with everything is that it's all been done before. It's all been said before. I don't need to try to create my own explanation, not explanation, but my own like spin or there are, there are just, there are hundreds and thousands of women. And in my case, I tend to look at women of color who have talked about this and have eloquently put down their words to learn from and to act on. And one of my personal favorites is bell hooks. I have a couple like funny reason, like very frivolous reasons for loving her. One is that bell hooks is her pen name and it is always in all lowercase, nice. which if you see the way that I write my name, I almost always write my name in all lowercase. That's what I prefer. Um, and we also have the same birthday. Uh, anyway she wrote a book called feminism is for everyone and one of the quotes from that book is says if any female feels that she needs anything beyond herself to legitimize and validate her existence she is already giving away her power to self-defining her agency simply put feminism is a movement to end sexism sexist exploitation and oppression and there's a million quotable things in that book and in everything else that she's written. But that one in particular spoke to me because I was raised to feel like I needed other people to legitimize and validate my existence and to, and uh, yeah. Anyway, so that one, like, so I was like, this, this quote will be up in our house. This is something, this is an idea and a thought that I want my children to always associate with the way that they were raised. Once you give up power to anyone external to yourself, you're going to be chasing that approval, that standard, the rest of your life, and you'll never be able to meet it because it's, if it's not internal, it, it's, it's, it's not your path. It's not your thing. And I, and I love that yeah, idea I, for our, for our children to have the internal personal power for themselves and to also encourage it in others. And that's. So as part of the personal power, I, I feel like once you're internally comfortable with yourself, you're able to give to others in a way that if you're constantly seeking external things, you, 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 don't, you don't have the same availability right. to help others. Yeah, I, I, it, it all sort of goes together. It's like this lovely little Venn diagram of, <laughs> of my current interests. And I... They're current interests, but they're not things that I feel will will fade away. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, the social and political 
climate is particularly difficult. And I guess maybe in the near to distant future, there will be a time when it won't be so... The distant future. <laughs> it won't be so charged. It won't be so divisive. I I don't think so. I I think it will probably remain this way in, in some way. And so the other sort of things that I that I think about that I want to make sure that my children are taught that I don't believe that I was taught. And I, and I will say this, I don't think that I was, so I try the opposite of feminist is sexist, right? Like to me, that's sort of what it is. And I was raised as part of a sexist religion. So I would say the opposite of feminist is patriarchy, but same idea. Right. I wonder like what I had never thought about that before i wonder i don't know like if there's an actual if there is a direct opposite i don't know a maleist <laughs> i mean a status right. quoist i guess i don't know anyway i the other so the, the other thing i wrote down this is what brings us together is that like learning about white privilege and learning about the systemic racism of our entire country those weren't things that were talked about in my house. I mean, that makes sense, obviously, that it's not that it was that it was not talked about in my house. But I don't want those to be things that are not talked about in our house. I don't I don't want them to be things that my children are oblivious to. Right. And it's interesting you say that it makes sense. I mean, my home was the same way. It's interesting you say it makes sense. It does make sense from the sense that it was a patriarchal community that we both belong to. However... Jesus, like if, if you if you're a Christian and you and you believe in Jesus, Jesus was all about um, knocking down the power structures and sure. uh, going to the weak and making I don't know, all these things where you talk about the oppressed and I mean Jesus was into that. So you say it makes sense and it does because of the interpretation of Christianity. And I always want to be careful about calling Mormonism Christianity because I know that there are some differences between the two things. Um, but I think Jesus was down for, for oh, intersectional I, feminism. I think so too, for sure. Anyway, that's not that's the way that that's <laughs> interpreted within that sure, right. religious organization. <laughs> Women are not equal. And I will challenge anyone who believes otherwise. They are not. Anyway, so those like those two things um, were the things that I wrote down as being like the most important things that I really wanted to teach our so kids. Wait, recap interse- intersectional feminism and what was the other? Oh, and just, uh, I don't know how to general equality. Yes, yes, racial equality, and we are in a particular position as being white people, right? Um to do a lot of damage and to also be able to give a lot of support and be of a lot of help. We are not the people that need to speak on the subject. So, but there are people that I will direct anyone towards. Right. And so I think that, that it really is what I see as our job in brainwashing our children. Children is giving them sources because we, we, and we're trying. So I was about to, I was just about to quote, quote Glennon Doyle, which is amazing and hilarious because she is a white woman. Right. But her quote is, when other white women ask her, 
what do I do or what should I say? How can I make a difference? She says, this is not your job. Your job is to support the women of color who have been doing this for decades, centuries. They are the ones who have been on the front lines of this fight. It is not your job as a white woman to come in and fix this problem. Your job is to support them and to help them move this work along. And she has an interesting position being a white woman who is, who is trying to actively support women of color. And she gets shit for that, but she just tries to, to pass, pass the buck in the right way. Like she tries to, to push forward the other voices as much as she can. She does not want her voice to be held up as this like prophetess to be following she wants to push right. ahead the other voices. And, and I think that's, that's really good, but everybody has to hear it in their no, in a way that right. makes sense it's, to them. So right. I think it's important that people like her or other people that have, I don't know, with, with um, audiences that are not necessarily in that space right. so that people can listen and get well, to right. other and places. That, yeah, and uh, she gets a lot of defense from from right. people on, on that and, and it's 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 fair to defend right. I mean, because, as as because it's a spectrum man there are people there are particularly women and men coming into this kind of topic of conversation and whew, they couldn't jump in and listen and read bell hooks or right. james baldwin right. they they are not ready for that you got to ease them down the road Right, and as before long as, you, as, as long, so, before they love Malcolm X the way that we love Malcolm X. <laughs> so the first thing that so so that what I was saying is pointing our kids into the direction of these other sources that at least now are not mainstream views necessarily. That's the kind of work that I want to do. Um, but kind of back to my my list yes, of things. Sorry, so personal power, I think, fits with within yours, and the other thing. So it, the other thing is mindfulness. Oh, um, yeah, that's great. Because I feel like whether, whether you're working with uh, social justice, um, intersectional feminism, um, personal power, everything comes back to mindfulness and being present and slowing down. Like th- that is, to me, mindfulness is the tool for personal growth, development, whatever it is, you have to be able to slow down and observe in a way that isn't natural and also isn't necessarily supported or encouraged in a in mainstream no, society. No, that is a great, that's um, great. And what that looks like in my mind is, I mean, so... As Mormons, we were taught example was an important teacher. And I think that that's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, so I try, <laughs> I don't meditate in public necessarily, <laughs> but I do like let them know. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be upstairs for a little bit meditating. Mostly that's so they don't bother me while I'm meditating. Right. But I but think also, of that, I've thought of that too, though. Like I, I do like that we, yes, because we don't want to be bothered, but also because I want them to know. Right. What's what we're doing and what we're striving for, and we try to do meditation and mindfulness with them periodically. Go through cycles of beating our heads against that wall, but yeah, that's a. I wouldn't have written that down, but I absolutely. I'm. I just. I think that's the only thing that matters. I mean, everything else matters too. But in order for you, as a person, as an individual, to get to the place where you can do anything else, you have to be well. And mindfulness is the tool. Among a million other things, right. but that's where it starts, or that's the baseline. I feel like in order to get anything. Well, about. and we've talked about personal or uh, 
personal, but also uh, physical strength, that that is not something that they will get to avoid. Like that it right. at a certain age, it will become part of what is required of them in our house. And I like that that, that, that strategic education will be there. Because again, if they grow up as adults and they don't care for lifting heavy weights, that will have no bearing on how I feel about them. But at least I will know that they've been taught this way that will be advantageous for their physical health. They have they have the tools, they have the knowledge, they have the education. And should they want to use it, they could. And that's kind of all what this is about, right? Is we want to teach our kids what we feel is important and then they can grow up and will make their own mistakes. But at least they will hopefully we will have strategically educated them constantly enough that they will remember the things that we taught them. Right. The, the providing them a baseline of health or health strategies, whether it's physical or mental is what I want to brainwash them into. Yeah. Strategically educate them into, because I don't, and I don't know, maybe my parents did give me more and wish that I would have grasped onto more, but I just don't feel like, I was given tools. I was given rules. Right. And so that, I don't know. I want to give my, my kids tools. A, a, well, a we were, baseline. To, to be fair, we were given tools and the tools proved insufficient. Well, we were given tools to follow the rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Everything That's, was in right. line with a narrow focus and doing one right. specific thing, right. which you can pick apart and pick out some adv- some things that are actually beneficial or would be beneficial. Maybe you have to redefine them right. or kind of twist them a little bit. So there were tools, but the tools were always leading to one way of being. Right. And what what I do know is that we all have a different path, and it's important that we all walk our own path at some point. You know, kids need some structure and planning, and and need to be need to be <laughs> like have a a base to grow from. Right. But after that, they need to know that it is their path that they have to take. N- nobody can do it for you. Did you have any um, artwork or uh, can't think of another word? But was there was there anything framed on your wall in your house growing up, always in all of the houses you lived in that you remember seeing a billion times? And had read a million times and could, like, quote. Like, did you have, like, because I, I, I'm asking you this because I did have one in my house. Not when I was younger. I do feel like we had the standard uh, Jesus quote on our fridge that Jesus never said. Which was, I never said it would be easy. I only said it would be worth it. You did not I was have on our fridge. Yeah. It was? I'm pretty sure. <gasps> wow. I mean, that's. That's true. He didn't say it, but yeah, um, I guess it's worth it. What's that? Somebody define worth it to me. But okay. uh, well, okay. So I guess it's true that it's not easy, <laughs> right? So we had in our house, like we had like the family. Oh, what? So late later, there? not as a kid. Um, my brother had quotes up. Aaron. Yeah, or at least the one. 
Oh, the one. The dullest, dullest pencil, pencil is better than the sharpest mind. Right. Which I, I mean, love. It's a great quote. <laughs> it's fantastic. And so like that, that, that wasn't like from my parents, but it was up in my house. That's and true. I read it all it the time. It was at the bottom of the stairs bedroom. in the basement. Uh, I think it was on the like inside wall. Was oh. it on the... Anyway, it was, it was in the, the basement the and we shared that space. Yeah. So um, I saw it That's all the funny. time. So in my house, there was like the standard Mormon stuff, but then... Um, Actually, I know it was up in my house in Virginia, but I can only remember where my mom still has it on the wall in Utah. And it says, you can fool some of the people all of the time. You can fool all of the people some of the time, but mom always finds out. Burn. And I... Really? Oh, yeah. Which is... like it, and Fool I, me once. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember... Like, I just remember reading it because it's like short, obviously. Yeah. And so, like, I guess I just would read it every so often. I should ask my mom growing if up. she had anything else up in our house. I have something, I have lots of things that I would like to put up in the house, and I need to just list technology. I yeah, by the way, they came by right? yesterday. Um, <laughs> if, you have any, if you have anything else you wanted to put up, you can contact me. All right. So I need to do that. But one of the things, and this is long, so I don't know how often our kids would actually read it and how much they would really... You should change the placement of it regularly. Oh, that's a good idea. Because if it's in the same place all the time, they read it once and then they're done. We move it around the house. So... Trick them. It's Brene Brown's parenting manifesto that she has in at the end of her book, Daring Greatly. And it's, it's long, but it's really good. All right, well, let's get it up on the wall. Do you want me to read it? How long you is it? You don't want me to read it. <laughs> you don't. It's good. We can put a link in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Okay. But it's one of those that's like, yeah, if I was going to brainwash my kids with anything, it's just all of the stuff that's in this Perfect. parenting manifesto. We got it. Then. We don't... And you call it a manifesto and like... It's I mean, revolutionary. It is. One other thing I remember from growing up <laughs> is a quote that my dad said all the time. Oh, the one that we now you say can, to our children? You can wish all you want in one hand and shit in the other and see which, which one fills up first. But he never said he, shit. Um, he may have like once or twice. I mean, he, and he said this all the time because it would be like, I really want blah, blah, blah. He'd be like, you can wish all you want in one hand. I mean, that's all, the rest. that's all, yeah, I was going to say, that's right. all we have to say to our kids. Right. Like when they do the same thing, we, we say that they exact don't get thing it. I don't them. think I got it the first time. I'm like, wish, what? Why are we <laughs> filling up our hands with shit? Like what's going on here? Um, anyway, that's something I remember from growing up. That's funny. It's a really good quote, though. It is a really good quote. I like it a lot. I think it's an original from him. No one's ever said it before. Never. <laughs> Just like the sharp, dullest pencil is better than the sharpest mind. Yeah, that's attributed to him as well, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you should ask Aaron. I should. Where he got it from. Maybe he'll tell you you're dead. I don't or know. Or maybe he wrote it. Ooh. An original Andic nougat quote. <laughs> that's something. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. It, it was an interesting. It was interesting to think about brainwashing and and what i want to make sure we teach the kids it will be i mean i it used to scare me a lot before we before we left the mormon church it, that was probably my biggest fear was that my children that their life wouldn't just be the same that my life had been and i liked the comfort of of raising them and in my case literally raising them in the exact same zip code so I was like, I, they're going to go to the same church building that I went to my whole life. They'll be baptized in the same building. They, like, everything will look almost exactly the same. Just the people will be different, but every, and in some cases, the people will be the same. Um, 
but everything else would be the same. And that was really comforting to me. So that was, I was very fearful about leaving because I didn't, I couldn't picture what their childhoods and what their teenage life would be like. And, and now I like that. I like the freedom of being able to change my mind, being able to tell them that I've changed my mind, to be able to change course. They're going to be screwed up as much or as little as any kid is, so I'm not as concerned about it. Because I, there would have been, they would have had shit anyway. That was the thing, I think, is that I thought if I kept them in this place, then, and if I just taught them the same things that I was taught, that they would be safe. Right. And now I realize... There is not safety. That's a myth. There is no safety. So now I can do, I can do whatever I want. No, but like really I can. Yeah. And I can change my mind. Yeah. And and be open and honest with them that I've changed my mind. So yeah, that's, maybe that's just what I want to teach my kids is that you can change your mind. And you can say you're sorry and you can move along because there's, it's just a day. Just a, it's just a to, moment. It's just today a time. is, yep. Today is just, it's just a day. All right. What was our homework from last week? I was supposed to talk to Hannah, which I did. She really, she listened to the podcast. She actually watched the Instagram live, I think. And she liked it a lot. And then she went onto her Instagram and her Facebook and did her own live where she talked about it. She gave a couple other sort of, um, what's the word? examples or like um, direction prompts yeah like like help if you sort of are, are struggling i guess she really liked the narrative idea she said that she gives that as an example to people a lot to help them kind of flush out what they want she said oh this is really good she said if you are struggling with writing your dream day or knowing what you really want it to look like Look at the people or think about the people that you're jealous of, that you have envy towards, and what is it that you are envious of? What are you jealous of? And that is a good, that shines a light on what you would want as part of your day or what you want in your life or whatever, which was good for me because as an Enneagram (laughs) 4, my vice is envy, so that's perfect for me. (laughs) Uh, She also, oh, she also said... She really encourages people to look at their dream day when they've written it out and to see what they do already have of it. Because most people will have pieces here and there that they already are doing or that they already could if they made like very small shifts and changes. Or just like redef- like looking at it and saying, oh, well, I do this thing, which is close to this thing. Like you can kind of redefine. Yeah. I remember uh, it was a few years back and I was like, I don't have any time to meditate. Like there's blah, blah, blah. Like I... Like, I was feeling, like, very, like, overwhelmed with not having any, like, alone time or whatever. And then, like, I redefined my commute as, like, solitude. Oh, yeah. And it completely shifted, like, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's not the same, but at least there is some time there. So, like, sometimes you, you're doing things or you're, you're looking for something so specific that it may be unreachable in your current state. But if you kind of just look at what you do have and maybe shift a few things or twist a few things, like, you can start yeah. to see... Some of the things. My my homework was to figure out how to do a remote interview. Oh yeah. It was really difficult. Mm-hmm. I downloaded <laughs> Skype on the computer and on my phone. What? I sent my children into the other room with my <laughs> phone 
and we talked over Skype and recorded it. <gasps> Pretty difficult. There's a Revolutionary. button. Revolutionary. There's a button that says record. And wow. then you just hit it. And then when you're done, it pops out a file. And there you go. So That's awesome. We can now have guests. Awesome. Speaking of guests, and this maybe should have been in the ideas, I will give a specific shout out. This was actually, I think, what Shelly was referring to on Instagram Live when she said this. Shelly's podcast is live. Yeah. The Latter-day Lesbian podcast. You can find it on all platforms if you type in Latter-day Lesbian. Actually, if you type in Latter-day Les, you'll find it <laughs> everywhere. So just hopefully the autofill will get you there. But yeah, they have a, they've got a page on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter and they're up on iTunes and the podcast is really good. Yeah, the, <laughs> it's I mean, really, really good. You want to good. talk about telling stories and fascinating stories. Like they only have one episode out and you're already like, okay, well, what about this? Tell me more about this thing. What about this thing? Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating. It is. It's um, really good. So if anyone is looking for that kind of content which even if you're not looking what, for that kind of human content, stories you should be looking for that kind of content because it's just it's so yeah it's so good if you're looking for a different kind of content speaking of potter and family oh. uh drinks with josh is a different kind of content definitely a different kind of content uh parental advisory oh yeah also like maybe decent human advisory <laughs> um i find it hilarious I also really like. I am an occasional listener. Ben I will, a lot. I will say. Um, and sometimes I like Josh too. I know that I like Ben a lot. I actually have no feelings on Josh one way or the other. Um, I met him. We record. I recorded with him. There's still some Ugh. in the vault episode of me on the drinks with Josh podcast. That was your, that was your first. That was your debut. Yeah, it's really what, what where I caught the bug. <laughs> No, it'll be good. We need to start doing some interviews. Maybe someday you'll finally put up the second part of Richie's interview that I actually have still not ever heard. So maybe that should be your homework. All right. Homework done. I'm going to do that this week. I don't know what mine is. I have a busy week. My homework is to survive. Um, and actually make dinner every night. <laughs> tell us about... Shelly asked and you never answered, what would you get your degree in back at school? You can take oh, it for homework. Did? Take it for homework. Oh. She asked that? I didn't see. Oh, yikes. Yeah, I'll take that for homework. Okay. Okay. That's it. That's it. Talk to you next week. We will do that. <laughs>